Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith for the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. My name is Heather, and I'm a longtime youth ministry leader, lover of sweatpants, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And I'm Mark, a longtime youth pastor, ancient studies nerd, and Star Wars aficionado. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. Um, I hope you're enjoying your camps and retreats and other summery things that you're doing with your students this summer. Mark, are you having fun time with your kiddos this summer? I'm super busy and they are really fast and have more energy than me. Other than that, I'm okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you're preparing for like a middle school camp, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got, oh gosh, three weeks to have it ready. We're getting there. (laughs) I just spoke at a middle school retreat last week. And so like at the retreat was these gigantic, like humongous, like dinosaur sized jump houses. So me being the cool, yeah. So me being the cool, like old crusty youth person, I was like, Hey, I can jump on these and run on these things and it'll be fine. Well, so like I go jumping and running through this really big dinosaur sized one and I fall (laughs) and land on my (laughs) shoulder and like legit, I thought I tore my rotator cuff. (laughs) Yeah. Recovery time on the old bounce house isn't what it used to be, is it? (laughs) And I thought, oh dear, have I really gotten to be that part in my career? where I'm questioning whether or not I should even step out on any type of athletic field ever again when it with teenagers. I like to do the drop in where you just kind of go in for a couple of minutes and play old man yeah. ball and just fade that's out. Good. No, that's how, that's how that's I good. roll these days. But that's I mean, good. it used to be that I would play sports against middle schoolers because it was great for my self-esteem, you know? Amen. Thank I think you, Lord. Yeah. Basketball is against junior high kids for sure. That's right. Yeah. So long yeah. story short, it was a strained biceps tendon, not anything torn. So thank you, Lord. But but it was an actual strain. That's a real deal. It was. So to all of our youth pastor friends out there who are rocking at this summer camp and you're feeling a little old and crusty because maybe you are, we just want to say that we stand in solidarity with you. So, yeah. but yeah. we're not talking about summer camp or old youth pastor injuries or anything like that today. We're talking about demons. Ooh. So Mark's going to lead our discussion today. So Mark, you ready? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, I think as ready as I can be. Um, Yeah. You know, people ask about angels and demons all the time. I find like they, they constantly want to know, like they'll encounter them in the text of biblical literature and they basically want to like, I don't know, check it against their real experience, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Are these yeah. beings that are in my text actually out there? Are they watching me? You know, Yeah. to which I always say, yes, in fact, there's one watching you right now. And then I just walk away. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but actually, when you enter the Bible, you actually enter a very magical world. Their entire mm. world is steeped in divinity both team good and team evil. Almost nothing happens or doesn't happen without divine assistance. And that is just a fundamentally different way than most of us think as moderns. I mean, we tend to think Mm -hmm. 
there's a what a world that's been set up by God's laws of physics. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we can use science and measure things and predict things. And the miracle would be like, what if some of those laws got suspended for a moment? Right? Yeah. For them, it's the opposite. Like everything's a miracle all the time. Okay. Right. And so when they go to talk about like demons or the demonic, you should know that by the time of Jesus, they really believe demons are very connected to almost every sickness. Like, mm. I wonder if you, like straining your bicep uh, might be a little more evil than meets the eye if we were to right? go back into their worldview, right? Indeed. But they, they blamed malevolent demons for all sorts of moral and physical ailments. And it's actually uh-huh. the direct result of the Persian period. When okay. Judaism encounters Zoroastrianism, what happens whoa, is whoa, Zoro- whoa, whoa, whoa. What is that? That sounds like do you remember the old show Zorro that was on TV when yeah. the guy would take the sword and shoo, shoo, shoo. is it that exactly- or is it something else? Oh yeah, it is? that's oh. exactly no, no. Um Zoroastrianism <laughs> is the main religion of the Persian Empire during the fifth and fourth centuries, and Persia oh. was over Israel for a good right. chunk of that time, right? Sure. And uh, basically, Zoroastrianism, what you need to know is it's dualistic. And so you have a good Mm -hmm. uh, power and an evil power, and they're complete opposites, and they're completely balanced. It's not the biblical worldview where God Mm -hmm. is good and all-powerful, and like team evil is a huge step down from God, right? But at the same time, um, in, in Judaism, we start to have this idea that well god's up above with team good like the angels Mm -hmm. and his messengers and satan's down below or you know the evil ones down below with his demons and humanity's kind of caught in the middle like the devil makes three right i mean that's kind of how i would interpret our current world how we would view things well yeah because western culture is basically the upshot of Christian tradition in a lot of ways, even though sure. we never want to admit it sometimes. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is during this time, as Judaism encounters Zoroastrianism, they gain this robust demonology. Like we have entire books from the second temple period outlining all of these demons, like Pokemon characters. And up until that time, you really don't have that. Like if you read the Hebrew Bible, do you ever notice that demons are almost completely missing? Yes. So I'm sorry. I just had, I just, my mind went to this video I watched on Facebook the other day of this guy who's always making these funny videos. And he was like making this video about Pokemon being demonic, like church Karen and how she says that Pokemon's demonic. I'm sorry. That is totally an aside. It was in my head and there it went. I think there's some good analogy to Pokemon characters <laughs> and how many rando types of demons there are in Second Temple Judaism, but that's as far as I would take it. You know I mean? Got it. If, yeah. if I catch one, I'm not afraid that it's you know going to strike me sick or something. Right? Indeed. But yeah, over time, though, this happens to Judaism a couple times. It encounters a completely different culture, like it'll encounter Greek stories, and it'll fundamentally okay. change the fabric of... Judaism, just like we see Hellenistic Judaism is a step beyond this kind of Persian period dualism, right? Uh 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 Um, All that to say, tracking team evil in the Bible is like a moving target. 
depending on what author you read and when in time your text is, they're going to have very mm. different about how to name evil. Um, okay. That's okay, though. They're doing the best they yeah. can and they're growing, right? Sure. But by the time of Jesus, there's basically this idea that angels and demons are duking it out. Humans are caught in the middle and demons are very tied to sickness. If you get sick, it's yeah. probably a demon. And if you have a demon, well, you're probably sick, darn it. Um, right. And that's just kind of the way they view the world. Again, it doesn't yeah. mean you just need to import that worldview now. It just means mm -hmm. that when you enter scripture, yeah. that's the way point. your authors tend to think. Okay. Sure. So yeah. here's a great one from the book of Tobit. It's an apocryphal mm -hmm. text yeah. um, or what are the deuterocanonical texts or the texts outside go. the Bible, but from yeah. temple Judaism that gives us context, right? Sure. So in the book of Tobit, this evil spirit is jealous of how beautiful Sarah is, which I understand because I'm married to Sarah and she is so beautiful. Uh, but, but at but anyways, he's so jealous of her beauty that he kills seven dudes that are engaged to her. Like one after the other after the other. She gets reengaged. Demon kills her engagement partner. And it's always yeah. like just before the wedding. I know. Hardcore story, right? But this guy, the young Tobias, shrewdly follows this angel's advice named Raphael. Not the Ninja yeah. Turtle. The oh, angel. And Raphael's advice bad. is to neutralize the threat by, get this, burning mm -hmm. the liver and heart of a fish, you know, like you do. Yeah, then the like I would do, yeah. Powerless. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because- Did you say it would make the demon powerless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know so why either. This huh. is the world of like magic and lore sure. that a lot of times- biblical authors are responding to and writing. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when Paul yeah. will say something like trust, trust God with pregnancy or with childbirth, he's speaking against doing this kind of stuff and yeah. trying to do whatever you can to get one of the Greek gods or one of right. the Jewish conceptions of angels or demons on your team. And he's saying, just yeah. trust God and trust yeah. Jesus. And you're okay. That's good. <laughs> right. That's but good. This, this is like makes the world. Me, yeah, this makes me okay. think of a Dr. Michael Heiser's book, The Unseen Realm. He talks yeah. about how there's this divine council, and they're you know in communication with each other, like good and evil are having this conversation, this ongoing conversation yeah. with one another amongst themselves that's in the divine in the council. Age. Yeah, that's true in the yeah. Iron Age. Like the Hebrew Bible has a bunch of divine council behind yeah. it. No, yeah, by he this talks time. About so by this time, those minor deities have like lost their horns because the old gods have horns and they've gained mm -hmm. their wings, their angels. They get like uh, relegated. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Even in just one aside, even in paganism, Zeus gets elevated to being like the high supreme god and mm -hmm. all of the other gods and goddesses from Mount Olympus become more like intermediate beings, like mm -hmm. go-between. Angels. Okay. Yeah. It's not far yeah. out. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. started out in the Old Testament as something that was, you know, um, different and then kind of morphed into the New Testament as these people who represent themselves in the form of angels and demons is kind of what I hear you saying. Yep. It's like, yeah. it's like we're saying it's, 
it's a moving target and we'll talk yeah. about what to do with all that in just a minute. Cool. But yeah, let's do it. Um, so the Tobit quote says oh. in Tobit 8.3, Tobias burns the fish liver in the heart, right? And it says, the smell of the fish staved the demon off and probably everyone mm. else on the block. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, yeah. And he took flight into Upper Egypt. Raphael followed the demon there and bound him hand and foot. Um, and then, oh, there's so many like there's so many like good quotes I could read you, but maybe maybe the best one we could read is what Josephus says. The way Josephus um, depicts uh, King King Solomon shows us the connection between kind of magic knowledge and healing and angels and demons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In Antiquities 8, 44 through 45, he's basically telling you how baller King Solomon is. Okay. And he writes, and God gave him Solomon knowledge of the art used against demons for what? For the benefit of healing humankind. And so the idea is if you understand you know, how to manipulate demons. You also know how to heal. If you know how to heal, you know how to get rid of demons because they're like two sides of the same coin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Josephus Josephus says Solomon also composed incantations that relieve illnesses and left him types of exorcisms that drive demons out of the possessed people ne'er to return. Wow. So here's the big idea. Josephus lives right around the time of Jesus. And you can see there that when Jesus lived, it was not only believed that demons cause sickness, but also that like holy men could use positive spirits to defeat the evil ones. Here's what I think is really cool. Jesus doesn't seem to care about any of that. He actually departs from those expectations in mm-hmm. some ways, by simply using his own authority. There's sure. not one single time that Jesus calls upon the authority of an intermediate angel to help a demon-possessed person. Instead, he commands the demons out. He commands yeah. the demons to go himself by his own authority. And that's right. really profound. And it's a really different radical mm-hmm. break from you need to know all the magic, like secret game codes to tell the angel sure. so that the angel tell you how to get rid of the demon like all that go around right yeah yeah so So, that's why we see jesus surrounded by crowds and crowds and crowds of people who needed healing right he was the he was the go-to guy yeah yeah and i you know i think um what to do with it all right because that's like a that's like a trip through a halloween crazy fun house i guess of biblical literature yes it's a a to hold in one hand that it's a moving target how different yeah. writers naming mm-hmm. the evil one through time and hold in the other hand that the evil one is real we see yeah. evil around us that we simply cannot explain all mm-hmm. the time i have no right. idea why the human heart thinks of some of the darkness that it thinks mm-hmm. of why right. our culture seems to not progress towards better and more Mm -hmm. justice and more goodness, but actually slide downwards towards honestly sin and, and injustice and vice. Yeah. And it seems to me that how, however you name it, the reality Mm -hmm. of evil, it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you ever read the book, This Present Darkness? I forget who wrote it now. It's an older book, but he he kind of brings to life the the spiritual world behind, um, you know, kind of, again, that unseen realm thing, right? Like we live in the physical world and he brings to life the supernatural world of good and evil, you know, darkness and light. It's really powerful. And um, it's definitely, I mean, you're right. Evil is at work all around us. And um, it is really, it's shocking how often people cling to evil and instead of choosing what is good and holy and, and pure, you know, when it comes to loving others and, and uh, you know, caring for those around them. I, I think, I think quite simply though, when a student comes to you or an adult comes to you and wants to know about angels and demons in the, the Bible, mm-hmm. it's okay for you to just say, that's a really, really complex topic but yeah. we know God is good and the most powerful yeah. being and everything is underneath the power of wow. God. And at the same time, it really seems like evil's real sometimes, doesn't it? And it really seems mm-hmm. like people are tempted by something, yeah. are pulled down by something, are told lies by something. And the mm-hmm. Bible is always trying to name that for us. Sure. And I just yeah. there. You don't have to walk them through how Iron Age you know, gods slowly yeah. become angels and demons. I mean, good luck. If you yeah. want to keep your job, don't do that. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, that's great, Mark. I think that's a great place to end it there in helping our listeners know how to ground this when they read the scriptures for themselves is to keep it simple, to don't try to figure it all out for your students, but to just bring them into the story. And, you know, it, like you said, it's an ongoing story. It's a moving target. And we can hold that in one hand and recognize that God is is the most powerful supreme being in the other hand. So, Mark, this has been a super fun conversation. Friends, join us next week as we continue the discussion on demons. We're going to take a look at the Gerasene demoniac. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for the show today. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>